and welcome to the Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. I'm Eve Mayer of FastingLane.com, and today I have a lovely co-host. Hello, I am Levi Sauerbrei, Eve's partner in crime and editor at FastingLane.com. Also married to me, so back off, ladies. All right, <laughs> each week we're here to educate you, challenge you, and encourage you along your journey with intermittent fasting, low-carb eating, keto, just basically being hot and fabulous and healthy. You can check us out at FastingLane.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Fasting Lane. And so the reason that I invited Levi to join me this week is because I would say we are the second hottest couple in the industry of low carb and keto and fasting. And we are joined today with our guests with the number one hottest couple, and that is Dorian and Gemma. They're a husband and wife. They are co-founders of Keto Mojo, which is a company dedicated to bringing the ketogenic way of life to the forefront of the health and wellness sphere. Dorian and Gemma, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Really nice to be here, thanks. I've Did you know Mr. and Mrs. Mojo? Yes. That's right. Did you know <laughs> Ms. You Mojo? Did you already know you were the hottest couple in the industry? No, I thought you guys were. No, we're second, but we, we're happy to have that. We're good. So I think it's really interesting. We got to meet you guys originally uh, in Houston at Low Carb. Houston. 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 Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Man, I'm a genius. Um, and then we got to see you guys again in Spain at? Universe. Yes. Okay. So these guys are everywhere. Um, and they have a product that I thought was really interesting and I had not seen before. And their company's name is Keto Mojo. And so why don't you talk about a little bit about what the product is and then they can talk more in depth. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just ask you guys. I know it's a ketone tester and I believe insulin tester, but I have I've seen your display and it's beautiful and the product is awesome and I've held it in my hands but not paid attention. So maybe you can give us a, sort of the elevator pitch of what it is and what it does and, and why you guys think it's a useful tool. Sure, it's a, it's a blood ketone and blood glucose meter and we actually have two. This was our original one in the United States and this is the one that we just launched um, uh, in, in Europe. So, I mean, we, we definitely have a phrase, test, don't guess. Um, you know, I hear so many times people saying, is this going to kick me out of ketosis? Well, I don't know. Everybody's different. You've all got your own bio-individuality. Uh, now, you've got to realize that blood glucose and blood ketones, are obviously, they're very different to um, um, urine ketones, and they're different to breath ketones, because there are three different types of ketones. Um, so back in um, 2015, uh, 2017 was when we started the company, but I went keto back in 2015. So and so obviously with Gemma, <laughs> because we do it together. Um, so this way you can actually track your progress and you can use it for different things depending on what your approach is. Now, there are those who are going to approach it from a fasting protocol. There are those who are going to approach it from a ketogenic weight loss protocol. And are those going to do it for epilepsy and those maybe for cancer or those for PCOS? So, you know, the one size fit all is um, there are many different types of, of keto in, in the world. And it is what you want with your approach that matters the most. So using a meter helps you dial in your bio-individuality. And figure out what works, too. I think what's interesting about when we were first starting is that he lost 47 pounds. He was like 
you know, his ketones would be, you know, 1.5, 2, and I was like 0.3, 0.2. I couldn't lose weight. I was depressed. I hated it. You know, kind of like your story, Eve, how you talked about, you know, you weren't happy, and then you, know, you had to go through a lot of things, and then you found fasting. Well, interestingly enough, I was doing a lot of conferences, and I accidentally started to fast because I wouldn't eat, you know, from, from, <laughs> from dinner until, like, dinner. And I found that that jump-started me. And it was the testing that allowed me to see that. And it took me, I'd say, eight months to become fat adaptive. But now my ketones stood about 1.5. And when I go on an extended fast, they get up to 6.5. And my glucose is rocking and I feel great. So that there's any ketone chasing between. And there's no competition, (laughs) although I always go higher. And um, yeah, when fast. No, always actually. But the the point is, is that the testing actually not only uh, verifies what's going on, it helps you see what's working. It helps you. And when you're, you're going good, it really is a morale booster. And it really is, is just like fuel to keep going. And it feels great. So that's why we started the company. It was expensive to test. We were testing a lot. And yeah, sorry, we're talking a lot. No, you're doing great. So that's what you're supposed to do. Let me, let me ask specifically about y'all. I see the two of you, you look very fit. And my assumption is you've just always been fit and hot. Like, have you ever been overweight? Like, have you ever, you, you just look to me like you've always been healthy. And I think whenever I see people who are fit, my assumption is they've always been fit and it's easy for them and it's not hard for them. So, so what was your fitness and, and weight background like? I'll let so, you start. <laughs> so let me kind of like put on this. Bit, and I, 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 we'll have to I, send you the before and after. I'm going to say this, but one of the things that Gemma once confided in me was her father would call her tubs. Oh, yeah. Wait, can you that. say that again? I couldn't hear you. Her father would call her tubs. Tubs, oh. like tubby. Now, yeah. Imagine a young girl, what that feels like. And, you know, I, I always found that absolutely shocking. You know, I was the lucky trim guy growing up but then i came to america and let me <laughs> but it does you know getting married does always add, add on the pounds they say but you know life got in the way i, I got work for a winery i had lots of dinners and slowly my weight got up till it got to 207 pounds and i had this big beer belly um he could actually balance a beer on his belly when he yeah. was drinking it was kind of and, you know, then I, you know, I was, by this time now, I had all the biomarkers for metabolic syndrome. Um, I was on antidepressants at the same time. And, and things weren't good. And I was like, I've got to make a change here. I need to make a change in my life. You know, you're the only person that can be the change. And you've got to take up the reins. Nobody's going to do it for you. And so, um, you know, I, I started kind of paleo-ish to begin with. Uh, but I was eating all these fruit leathers and because you can when you're paleo and uh, all of these nut butters and, 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 and you know, it just wasn't working. And then Todd White of Dry Farm Wine, so he comes to me in this southern axe and he's got to give up those white devils. You've got to cast them out is what you've got to do. And, like, <laughs> and he said, got to go keto. And I'm like, I don't do fad diets. You know, I I'd do. See, I'd seen Gemma do the cabbage soup <laughs> diet, and like, not only do you see, do you smell something do a cabbage soup diet, and that's well, not just the cooking smell in the kitchen. As a say. segue, I just want you to know, I started my first diet when I was six years old, and it, it was my mom uh, taking away my Frito, Fritos, my Frito corn chips, and um, I have probably lost about 200 pounds in my life, but I, I was always about, I don't know, 150, and now I'm 130. Um, in college, I got up to 180, 
And so I, I haven't lost extreme amounts of weight in one time, but I've always been overweight and people would always say, oh, you'd be so pretty if you lost weight, you know, that kind of thing. And it's mm -hmm. just like, so it's the emotional thing that really hits you. And I, I had also, I have autoimmune, I have breast cancer. I had a lot of little underlying things that were exacerbated by my weight. And so this is the first time that I don't have to diet. I mean, we say it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle because we eat well, we drink wine, we live in Napa Valley, and it's all about a sustainable lifestyle, eating whole foods, you know, and a variety of foods. So yeah, I've had, you know, I think both of us have, have really fought it off. Yeah. And I, the thing is, the emotional part of it is I always see myself as 180 pounds. I will never see myself as thin, and that's the emotional Part it's it. interesting because I look at you and you look, sorry to flirt with your wife, incredibly hot, Gemma, and Thank skinny you. and fit. And I am 185, 190 pounds. And I see myself as like probably 120, 130 <laughs> pounds, like crazy hot. Because, I, I, you know, when you come from 300 pounds and you get to 180, you're like, I'm just ripped. It's amazing. Yeah. So well, I hear you. and you have, and yeah. you do, but and you are. Everyone has a different journey. Yeah. And it's just comparing yourself to others is not right. You need to compare yourself to your standard of mm -hmm. what you are looking to achieve. Um, and it's amazing that you generally end up to achieving a lot more than what you thought you could do um, once you put your mind to it. And that's what we did back in um, uh, in, in 2015. And once we said, okay, let's go keto, let's give this a try. We threw out all the white devils out of, out of the kitchen. We got all of that crap out of it like that, cleared everything out. Um, we both, I read up as much as I could, did all the Bollock, Finney, and uh, Taubes, and, and all of those guys, and um, all the, the great books that have been, been, been put out there. Yours was not there. Yeah, it's there now. Fun. I'll let you read it now. <laughs> okay, good, good. We have good. a copy. Good. And so... You know, for me, it's like I was using a competitor's meter at the time. I was using the Abbott meter, but the strips of that those days was four dollars. But the affirmation of what I was doing was right was what it was almost a gamification that, like, okay, I I could see when I was point one, then point two, then point three, then point four, and then boom, there you go, you're in Ketopia, and it's like, yes, this is great, I got this. And then you found out that some things actually you can't have as much wine as you, you thought that you could and that you might have a problem with sugar alcohols or that you don't have to sweat that small amount of carb that you did have that day yes you can have a carrot maybe yes you can have carrots in the dish I'm not going to sweat the pearl onions in the beef bourguignon yes it's all right um uh, for you to perhaps have an apple wow that's fructose you know but that's my bio-individuality. That's what works for me. I can say there are other people who can look at cupcakes and forget about it, they're putting on four pounds. Um, mm -hmm. And so this was the important part. And then we saw, I saw my weight dropping off. Gemma was a, a lot longer um, and, and slower aligned to be able to, um, uh, to do that. But our well-being was so much better. I came off all medications. Um, the weight came on off. That joie de vivre, that feeling like you could take on the world came back. You know, I felt like I was when I was 24. And that was what gave us the impetus to start the company. That was what gave us a, you know what, why is this piece of plastic for a testing strip $4? Let's find a way. I went to 100 different manufacturers across the globe. We cross-matched that to the federal regulations. 
And then I went to um, uh, to Gemma. Kitties. We got a dog about to attack a cat here next to us. It could kick off at any moment. Uh, um, so, you know, I, I went out and went to Gems and said, okay, here's the business plan. Mm. And can I borrow some of the home equity line of credit to do that? And she was like, well, how much do you need? All of it. <laughs> yes, all of it. Yes. <laughs> So you yeah. mentioned earlier the, the three different types of ketones, blood, breath, and urine. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you can describe briefly like the, what differences there are and why blood ketone testing is, is the way you all have chosen to go and, and why that's what the product focuses on. Great question. So I kind of like think of the ketones like a, a, a backing group of singers, um, so to speak. Um, you've got the two ladies either side that's um, acetone and acetate. and the middle you've got big beta hydroxybutyrate he's the base that comes on in there so 70% of the energy that is available in the body is in the form of blood ketones uh, this is Suki coming on in to join us <laughs> right, our dog's um, trying to come in too <laughs> thanks mate just what I needed <laughs> and beta hydroxybutyrate um, uh, <laughs> beta hydroxybutyrate uh, is a blood ketone then you have um, acetoacetate, uh, which is in the urine, and it's a, quite an unstable um, compound. <laughs> and um, that can get shunted quickly into beta-hydroxybutyrate, and that's what is, is spilled into urine when you, when you first start. But as you get fat adapted, it no longer gets spilled in your, into your urine because it's getting utilized. And the last one is acetone, and that represents about maybe 2 to 3% of energy but it's more of an exhaust that is being using it and it, each of those things goes in a different metabolic pathway and that's the important thing to note blood ketones are different to breath ketones they are as a delayed aspect between them and urinalysis is not always to begin with it will help you maybe for the first week but then after that it's, it's not a buy a, a, a reliable biomarker because it's an amalgamation of what happened over a period of time and, and that's why the standard is in blood. And all the clinical trials, all the studies that have ever been done have all been blood ketones. So you have repeatability uh, and affirmation of that the data set that's getting right. When we look at breath, like the ketonics or the biosense or like the level, the challenge with those is there's no control. There's no way of you knowing that the data you're getting is correct. We have controls with blood. Uh, both glucose and ketones. I mean, this is because it's an FDA class two device, which is at a much higher level of certainty than what is a class one. A class one basically means that it's not going to blow up in your face. So you're okay with that. So, and then the science that some of the, of the breath people will talk about, well, that was done on a mass spectrometer, not actually done on their machines. And not one of the breath people have correlated their data back to breath mass spec. And so this is the challenge you get in marketing to people of trying to understand what are ketones, because most people think there's just one. They don't understand there's three and they're using completely different bio, um, bio pathways. All right. That was pretty smart stuff. I need you to take it down a level for me. All right, so let me ask some Sorry. dumb questions. Keto Mojo, I understand a little bit about it because I got to see people using it and I saw that people were freaking out about it. And I'm like, why, why are they freaking out? Like, what's the big deal? So this is what I understand and I need you to help me. Keto Mojo is a, a device. You prick your finger, it tests your blood, and it tells you two things, your ketones 
-hmm. and your blood glucose level. Is that correct? That is correct. And, and I don't think, I could be wrong, I don't think that there's other devices that do that together. And I don't think that um, that's happened before. So I think that understanding how those two things relate, because maybe something kicks you out of ketosis, maybe something affects your blood glucose level, but until you figure out what affects you, you, you can't make choices. So like maybe I can eat green apples, but he can't. Maybe I can eat um, stevia and, and I'm just fine, but he can't. Is, am I on the right track for what, what you, this does, what the purpose yeah. is? And let me, let me speak to the, the lower down. He, he tends to make people's eyes bleed Thank with you. his like, you know, and I'm a little more down to earth. So it's, it's really exactly what you said. For instance, I can't do, I have real trouble with erythritols and certain, you know, of the um, faux sugar products. He can do just fine. And um, we drink wine just fine. And so it's, it's about testing your glucose and your ketones. Now the European model does G, glucose and ketone index. So it will actually tell you the index or the ratio of your uh, ketones to glucose, which is being used now in certain cancer treatments to, to give you more information, more parameters to see what's going on. By and large, very simply, um, I find that when my glucose is lower, my ketones tend to be higher. And that tends to be the ratio. Um, and so it's, it's really testing to see what affects you. Certain things, your glucose goes, uh, moves a little faster than your ketones. Yeah. So it's... I know he was dying to say to more. To use it as a sleuthing <laughs> tool. Okay. So if you, let's, let's say you're going to eat a potato and you will see your glucose go up. It'll get a big spike about 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes after. You wanna make sure that on a well-regulated ketogenic diet that you're keeping your glucose spikes under 30 milligrams per deciliter. That's a really important thing. So baseline, most people might be around about 83 if they're nice and healthy and got a, got a beautiful um, pancreas that's secreting the insulin. I have muscle. a beautiful pancreas. If somebody's a little bit more metabolic damage, they might have a different baseline. So you need to understand your baseline first. Now, if you're seeing a big high spike, that's going to say to you, no, no, that's no. not the right thing for you. Now, if you see a normal spike, you go, okay, that's cool. I'm all right with that. Now, perhaps you had your ketones up here, maybe at 1.5, and then you ate maybe some kind of keto bar, and then you saw your ketones come down over a period of time. You've got to ask yourself, well, why did that come down? What was in there? What might have caused me to have an insulin response, but not a glucose Glucose. response? Two different things. If you didn't see your glucose change, but you did see your ketones, that means you could have an insulin response to that item. Say a sugar alcohol that Gemma mentioned about, sorbitol, xylitol, erythritol, mannitol, all of those tolls on some people can take their toll. And so this is how you can sleuth out and work, uh, work what works right for you. Because if you're only measuring ketones, you're only seeing half the picture. You need to see that glucose to come on. And that's that testing for bio-individual, bi- easy for me to say, bio-individuality, so that you see what, what affects you. We test a lot now for wine. I'm a sommelier, we drink wine, but we tend to drink uh, lower alcohol European wines. And so I test to see how it's gonna affect, how it affected me. If, if I'm out of ketosis, if my glucose goes up, we don't drink it. So it's, yeah. it's a way for us to make choices and give, um, 
give people choices and, yeah. and options. The sad thing is there's no truth in labeling in wine. Uh, well, not in America, no. It might come into Europe, we'll see how it goes. One thing you guys did for us is uh, we're excited that my parents each have Keto Mojo um, devices now and, and I'm talking them into trying them. And so the thing is like, I, I took this journey, I did low carb, I got to my goals, I got past my goals, I did it, you know, without testing things and I feel good about where I'm at. And I think that there's other people like, I'll just call him out, my dad, <laughs> who continues to eat things like ice cream or cookies and knows that it's not good. Whereas my mom sometimes will, but has seen improvements in her diabetes type two and is motivated. I feel like there's just this whole group of people and not to be sexist. Sometimes I think it leans more toward men, but there's also women as well that want to see the numbers and the responses and will react to that data. I don't know. I don't, well, I'm kind of like happy where I am, so I'm not as motivated, but like people like my dad, I want him to see when he eats that bluebell ice cream, what he's doing. And when yep. he has a meal of vegetables and meat, what is happening? Because I think in his head, because he's a data-driven person, it would actually stimulate a, a change in his behavior that would be more lasting. I kind of think it would with you too, like you, you do it on your own and you're pretty healthy and you've done it, but like, because you like data so much. Would well, I, I do I something do. for and you? Like, you know, I'm, my, my wedding ring has a heart rate sensor in it and I'm wearing a, a pedometer and like I, numbers are always fun for sure. Um, I was going to ask in terms of obviously you guys testing is something you do on a continuum. It's not, you know, for the first three months or the first two weeks, but Eve being very impatient would probably get the product in her hand and say, I'm going to test twice. And the difference between the first and the second one tells me everything I need to know. But how, like what kind of time frame would somebody, if they were going to start ketone testing, how often should they test and what kind of t amount of time should they let pass before you feel like you've gotten a baseline, before you feel like you can start making evaluations about the results? Sure, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, on, you know, on that one, it is really a case like we find that most people use our meter for about the first um, uh, 60 to 90 days, you know. We are not advocates for everybody pricking their fingers for the rest of their life or plugging into a machine for the rest of their life. We're just training wheels. We teach you about your body and about your mind. And this is a very important thing. So testing about in the morning, um, uh, about an hour after waking, because in the morning you have a cortisol spike and that cortisol spike will push up your glucose. It gets you ready for the day naturally. And so you want to wait for that cortisol spike to blow off. And, you know, it can take a little while. Sometimes it's even more than an hour for some people. And that'll give you your baseline. Then sort of like yeah, that morning, I'll go and have a breakfast. And I'll wait uh, about 45 minutes after my breakfast, 45 minutes to an hour. And then I'm going to test after my breakfast. And if that's below that 30-point spike, I'm not going to worry about that breakfast. Now, if I eat that breakfast again, do I need to test again? No, because I know what that food's going to do to me. Then usually my ketones are lowest in the morning and they're, they're highest just before my, um, uh, my evening meal, especially if I've been most of the day um, uh, fasted. Uh, so then I'll do a morning, uh, do a before meal and then an after meal just to see what was going on there and start learning those, those, those foods that come on in, into play, which is that way. So that's just sort of the physiological response. But then there's the, 
there's the psychological response. First, there's the gamification that you've got this and the food choices that you are making are right. If you're a state of nutritional ketosis, that means you're generally eating low carb. That's absolutely fantastic. And then you're fine tuning it using um, uh, the glucose. But when fasting, especially doing extended fasts, this is where the psychology comes in. I mean, my, uh, our longest fast was 65 hours. And you know, you get when you need to build up, as you guys know, your fasting muscles a little bit there. It takes, you just can't jump. Well, some people might be able to jump in, but most people can't jump in and do a big, long, extended fast. You just got to kind of get used to it. And the hardest part is your psychological piece. And I found that if I was just about to reach into that refrigerator, I was feeling like I was getting this hunger pang, I'd do a quick test. Now, if I know my ketones normally are about 1.7, 1.5, 1.7, and I check my ketones and I'm a government fasted and they're at 3.5. That data set is saying, you are swimming in energy. You have got tons of energy in your body and your bloodstream right now. Twice as much as what you normally have. So this is your psychological issue. And that psychological wave would pass. And then you push through that next barrier. And that to me is the, the pure beauty because now you can get data-driven outcomes because of they're using it for the tool as you learn yourself, as you go through. And I find that when I'm doing an extended fast, I, I test something six, seven times a day because I get like addicted. It's like, oh wow, look where I am now. Well, this is great. Um, but do, normally I'd say two times a day when people are starting out because the morning kind of gives you an idea of what happened the night before. And then later in the afternoon, as Joyan said, this is gonna kind of be your high ketone point in your your um, glucose is gonna level level yeah. off. So in starting out, and then you you test as you need for, for trigger foods, foods that are going to kick you out or you're feeling great. What did I have yesterday? And you, you know, Oh, I had tuna, you know, or whatever. And so, yeah. So the, then there's the piece of uh, talking on, on psychology and, you know, we're seeing ketogenic diet being used a lot for in neurology, um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis and things like that. But we're also seeing in psychology for ADHD, schizophrenia and bipolar. Um, with the, you know, when I was on antidepressant meds, you know, I, you know, what now I get this much even heal. And I kept a diary when I was first starting during those first two, two months about what my mood was. And I really found that my sweet spot personally myself was between 1.5 to 1.7. And that actually became my natural sweet spot, which was strange. My mood was better at 1.5, 1.7. And that's where I kind of like generally am most of the day. And that's where I don't get those, don't get as many. Let's just say, I'm just, let's, let's be very clear here. Keto is not a cure-all. It's like, it helps you enhance yourself to be the best person that you could possibly be with your personal genetic makeup. But for me, it was like at that 1.5, 1.7, the, the fits of despair that I, I would have of being an absolute failure or the anger that I would have at times dissipated to a much lower, lower level and that was far more mindful. I didn't get those. Uh, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, here's my fear. What if I get it? And what if I test? And what if, what if everything I love, the, the one keto treat I have a week with erythritol and the, the things I like that like I've adapted to over these two years and gave up everything else, what if they all knock me out of ketosis? What if I see what? What if the truth is too much for me to handle? Well, like, here's seriously, the thing. You, I'm I'm scared you, of it. Well, you said that you're you're happy where you are. You're you're doing well. So that's that's the key. I mean, again, 
testing just gives you options. It tells you things. It, it'll tell you exactly what happened when you ate that donut, or it'll tell you exactly what happened when, for me, too much protein kicks me right out of ketosis. I have, to, I have a little bit of a balance. But, it's, so, but it's so, a personal choice. Well, ex what I'm face, saying you're is- You're faced with a personal choice here to say, do you or do you yeah, not want to make If that you difference? want that treat every week, then you take that treat, but you have a choice now and you're given options. And that's the key to it is that you can have the choice, but it's your choice. But so. I want to say, well, after you do it, live this lifestyle for a long time. So for us, since 2015, your palate changes. You yeah. actually enjoy bitter a little bit more. You suddenly yeah. realize how sweet a strawberry truly is. I can't believe that we used to put sugar on strawberries with strawberries and cream. Mm -hmm. And then you decide, okay, at dessert you're out at a restaurant and i was the chocolate king you know i we used to make mud cake at, yeah. when we were in new york we would make mud cake every night with dolce de leche ice cream on top and this big you know thing of mud cake. oh my god but it's sort wow. of like sounds that. amazing equate it yeah, it but. sounds amazing well you know what also sounds amazing a cigarette but a cigarette, mm, not really. We also know what it does with to you. For anybody, <laughs> for anybody, for anybody who was once a smoker, and I used to smoke, you know, a pint of beer and mm -hmm. a cigarette, you are in absolute perfect balance. Mm. But then when you realize that what a cigarette will do to you, and then if you do realize what glucose can do to you, and it's been made far more evident in the era of COVID-19, where the morbidity factor is three to four times higher for those people who have high blood glucose, who have diabetes, hypertension you know like so people say is that oh, that that chocolate cake let that child have that cake really you want your child to have four times the chance of morbidity mm -hmm. because you want them to eat cake this is the new um, uh, um era that we're in and this is the question that people have to ask themselves when we kind of like look at this massive data set because what's going to come through here is one of the best pieces of data set that you're ever going to see mm -hmm. of the effect of poor diet on society. And it is the poorer parts of society who are getting hammered even harder because they're in food deserts and they haven't been to have access to, to that and they're eating close together. And this to me is the greatest sadness of our generation. We have eaten ourselves to be closer to death. And that is a shame because the science and the data shows that a well-regulated ketogenic low-carb lifestyle is the true lifestyle for human beings and that's how the way that we ate for 2.4 million years and i think this is will open up to people as to why you have that choice to make the change and the choice of making the change is sort of like if if not now when all you have to do right now is cook yourself and your partner and your family a really nice dinner you have the absolute choice to change now because you don't have any very few people have work interact interactions right now you've got time to be with your family you've got yeah. time to work with your family you've got time to cook with your family you've got time to sit with your family you've got time to exercise with your family and read with your family what an amazing opportunity that many people have been handed to them but they've got yeah, to see the opportunity that. in front of them yeah we've been talking a lot about that with the a lot of news outlets the past couple of weeks and i'm from south louisiana which has one of the higher death rates and with covid and and a lot of the southern states are experiencing that because of diabetes type 2 comorbidities obesity but listen I'm, we're going to wrap this up Gemma, you were telling me um about a nonprofit called the ketogenic foundation and i want to hear about that what is going on with that 
Well, you know, we, were, we go to so many conferences and we hear from so many uh, clinicians and uh, doctors and the, it's, it's, it's pretty much agreed that the ketogenic diet lifestyle works, but we need the science to back it up and it's just not there. So we, we decided about two years ago that we wanted to, to start a foundation and give money to science. How easy is that, right? How easy? We just want to give money to science. Oh my good God, the amount that we had to go through, bureaucracy and whatever. Long story short, um, earlier this year, we, we got notification that the nonprofit status of 501c3 was approved for the Ketogenic Foundation. So we are able to and it's a public charity. This is the most important piece for us that we wanted to make sure that it had this public charity. So, I mean, the purpose is to uh, raise funds for research, but also information sharing and resources um, there. We're just getting started, so it's, it's a lot. But really, the, the bottom line is we want to fund research. We want to get the information out there. My personal quest is to say the ketogenic lifestyle is is a lifestyle it's not a diet you're not depriving yourself it's full it's rich and it works so we want that thank you for asking because it's really important to us and you know we always say if we didn't have to sell a meter i'd be happy because i just want to get the information out there Mm -hmm. but so is there is there somewhere (laughs) currently online or, or what's the best place for folks to learn more about the ketogenic foundation and where we we do have a website uh the ketogenic foundation.org uh, it is just getting started. Um, so, I mean, we, we have so information. Yeah. yeah. To, give, to give an example, we, it, we've been able to seed that with over a half a million dollars. Uh, and the goal of the foundation is to fund the pilot studies. If you have a good clinical pilot study, you can then go for the NIH grants. Clinical trials are massively expensive. Yeah. They're in the gazillions to really do a double blind trial. And um, so the goal of this is 80% will go into an endowment for perpetuity and then 20% gets spent every year. And our goal is to build um, this up over time. But then what we want to do is go to our friends who have that keto bar, who have that keto wine and say, how about 1% for science? What if our entire community got together to go and fund the clinical trials and studies? Because we all stand on the shoulders of these scientists who have done the work on this evidence-based um, uh, um, science. Yeah. I mean, and t- to me, it's a, we talk about this top down from the influencers, the scientists, the, the experts, and then the bottom up from the grassroots from people and vendors and, and people who just care coming together to you know, get the guidelines, get the science. And that's what's important. Well, we really want to support you guys. Uh, we have fast. We want to support you. We would <laughs> Congratulations, love to by the way. Thank you. We don't really sell anything. We have, we have sold four <laughs> coffee mugs now, actually, yeah. from our uh, site. So it's not like we sell things, but we do put out information. Yeah. So it, yeah, the book's doing pretty darn good. Uh, yeah. But um, we'd love to support you guys in that and, and share the information. And, and where can people go if they want to find out more about Keto, Me- Keto Mojo? KetoMojo.com. Keto, and we have lots of recipes, resources, um, book highlights. We also have the Low Carb USA video series of 200 hours of um, a video. Article. And, um, yeah. And, and we have it now in multiple um, uh, languages for, because obviously we're in, in Europe Love as well it. as America. So 
there's plenty of stuff to explore. We've got a macro calculator there, so you can track your macros. You can links to download your app. Dorian's done videos on how to test, so there's also instruction yeah. of videos. It's really videos. extensive, so yeah. lots of to muse about when you're trying to work out what your next gonna um, Netflix binge. <laughs> <laughs> Dorian, Demet, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I feel like we could do a whole other show on two or three of the topics that came up. Um, so we may grab you guys later and then do some more. Thank you so much, everybody who's listening for tuning okay. in to Life in the Fasting Lane podcast. Uh, you can get more tips about fasting, keto, and low carb at fastinglane.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fasting Lane. Be sure to check out the Ketogenic Foundation and the folks at ketomojo.com. Until next time, to your health and hotness.